1: Welcome to the MC Universe, where the Lorehounds, your guides to the multiverse and beyond. I'm David.
0: I'm Alicia.
2: And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast covering episode one of Marvel's Secret Invasion on Disney+. Plus.
0: In this episode, we'll be starting off with a spoiler-free background prep session. Everything you need to know to remember about this show's scrolls and humans, plus our quick non-spoiler thoughts on the start of the season.
2: After the break, we will get into the episode proper. We'll start off with our hot takes on the episode overall and then move into what we like and what we didn't like in this episode, where the story could be going and how it differs from the original Secret Invasion comic book story. We'll talk a little bit about the two Secret secret Invasion stories, first in 2008, with all the comic book superhero action and characters that a story like this promises. And then the one in 2023, a second decidedly more grounded story with a much smaller cast of characters. And stay tuned until the
1: end of the show for Comics Corner, where these two will talk this through, the changes from the source material to the TV show.
0: And is this going to be a different kind of show for the MCU? Is that what you're hoping for? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email your secret invasion feedback and theories to mcuthelorehounds.com or head over to our website at thelorehounds.com and use the contact form. Or record us a voicemail and we can include it in the next episode.
1: For ad-free versions of this and all of our podcasts, check us out at patreon.com/slash the lorehounds. In fact, we're coming up on a one-year anniversary, and we're on a little bit of a membership drive, and we would love to break the hundred subscriber ceiling by the end of July. We've got some new benefits and a limited edition thank you gift that we're going to be sending to all of our subscribers. We'll cover more details about that at end of the podcast, along with our July programming schedule. So stick around to the end for that stuff.
0: And finally, we'd be forever grateful if you could help us get more ears listening to the Lorehounds MC Universe. All you need to do is to drop us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. Apple Podcasts is especially helpful, uh, even if it's just a few quick, quick words. We read all the reviews and they mean a lot to us.
2: So, let's talk about this cast of characters that we have in the series, where they're at as the series starts and where they could be headed. And if any of this jives with what happened in either of the comic stories. The first person that we're going to obviously talk about is Fury. Um, (laughs) uh, Let me uh, just start by saying that I've missed Sam Jackson. (laughs) It (laughs) was nice to see him on screen. Um, And I kind of dig this older uh wounded <laughs> Nick yeah. Fury yeah. far from the first person that we met way back in what was it 2008 with Iron Man Possibly. is that where he yeah. first made his appearance I think so okay. um so this is because Colson way...
1: showed up in the oh and we should probably just let everybody know that we're going to be talking about everything in the MCU universe yeah. So, yeah, This
0: spoiler-free section does not mean spoiler for old MCU. Right, exactly.
2: <laughs> Just for this episode for sure. Yeah. So, it, it's it's great to have um Nick back in the MCU proper. Um and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where he's going to go because it seems like where he's been has been a really rough place.
0: Yeah. 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 So we last saw him before this. Um, Well, I guess we last saw Talos pretending to be him uh, in Far From Home. Was that the last? uh, Yeah. And we caught a glimpse of him. We knew that he was on uh, what they're they're calling Saber, the space station.
2: And we also got a, a glimpse of him, but it wasn't really him. It was Talos again in WandaVision just at the end.
0: Right. And we know, we know that uh, I think it's important to mention that both Nick Fury and Maria Hill, played by Kobe Smulders, they both uh, disappeared in the snap and so returned in the blip. So they both lost five years. Uh, that's that's definitely something that we see looming over the, the, con- the fallout of, you know, that when Thanos snapped away half the population and then suddenly they all came back and the world had to, the universe had to adjust twice. And just yeah. to
1: that's put a, uh, note on Maria Hill, that's um, uh, Nick Fury's second-in-command, right. played by Kobe Smulders? Yes. yes. Yeah. I, I was excited to see her back as well, but there's issues, so we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was good. I think she brings a lot to the screen and, and a nice counterbalance to Nick with his scarred face and sort of hard-bitten thing. She's, uh, but she's pretty hard-bitten as well. So yeah.
3: Absolutely.
2: And,
0: Absolutely. And- Any fans of How I Met Your Mother will forever love Colby Smulders. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Robin from the Mall. Yeah,
2: (laughs) right there we go. And um, next one, I guess, is Talos. Yeah, Um, who looks really hurt. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, yeah, the guy—he's been through some stuff, man. It looks like he's um, he's really—he's in some sort of pain here. And yeah, he was. Get into why he
0: was—he was promised in Captain Marvel that. he was, you know, that Nick Fury, um, he promised that he, and, and, Captain Marvel herself promised that they would help them find a new home after their planet was basically destroyed by their mortal enemy, the Kree. And, um, now cut to this, however many years later, and we've seen, uh, we saw Talos and we saw his wife, Soren, fill in as a uh, Nick and Maria in Far From Home. And, um, yeah we've seen like them helping out in the human side, but are the humans helping them? We haven't right. seen that.
1: Right. And- I, is it, I, maybe this is just me. I don't know about for you guys, but Ben Mendelssohn just for me is uh, director Krenick from rogue one, star Wars. <laughs> <I> just <laughs> cannot ever get away from that role that he played going toe to toe with Vader and a bunch of stuff. And uh, he's he there just that power that he had as Krennic just seems to be his aura for me wherever he goes. I can't, I can't escape it. <laughs> you can't shake it. You can't. Uh, no. He
0: has so much more personality though, in this role, I think, especially I agree. Yeah. I agree. thought yeah. in this episode, we saw some nice personality from him. That's and also true. I always think of that meme that I just used the other day on Twitter where you just see him like as Talos, as a scroll leaning against the doorframe and just like sipping yes. his milkshake watching yes. <laughs> that was, that was like super, sass. Yeah. That was funny.
2: Yeah. Um, then I guess a character that we have to talk about is the snap. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah.
0: It's the one snap. of the biggest characters in the MCU. And,
2: yeah, the snap. It's like a like when
1: a city is a character in a in a drama or something like that. Absolutely. Like New York City yeah. or Absolutely. LA or something. Yeah. So yeah, that's a really good call. Or an apartment. Never, <clears throat> or an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I never really thought of the snap as a character, but I, I like that characterization. I think that's that yeah,
2: works. I, I mean, the snap has caused a lot of, um, drama and trauma in, in folks' lives and it Seriously. still hangs heavy over their heads. Yeah. Um, yeah. so we'll, we'll talk about the snap. They won't get away from us. Um, <laughs> next on the list, uh, Everett Ross.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We, Everett. we last saw him in, uh, in Black Panther 2, of Forever. Yes,
2: Wakanda Forever.
0: And, uh. We saw he was helping Wakanda, and that got him in quite some hot water. Um, and, yeah, he ended up getting arrested and then busted out of jail by Okoye. And? That's the last he was seen. Yeah. Death oh, and mass. we also found out that he used to be married to Val, a.k.a. Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, uh, <laughs> Ju- Julia Louis-Dreyfus.
1: So, oh, that's right. They teased yeah. that in, uh, yes. in Black Panther, didn't they?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I I I love Martin Freeman. I don't know about you guys, but I just like uh I get really happy whenever I see him on screen. So that makes it easy for them to manipulate my emotions with him, you
2: know? <laughs> Fair enough. I think I think he's great in this role as as Everett Ross. I've always um yeah, I I find he's one of my favorite characters and and that they've introduced in the MCU. So I just um yeah, Ross is is a is a really cool character and um man i'm gonna counter
1: note slightly i mm. like him a lot as an actor and and a lot of the stuff he's in it for for me he just doesn't bring the heavyweight spy vibe so but i know. i
0: like that like he's okay. got that comparative innocence and that's kind of what makes him charming like a little that's bit a good point well, in a much less lethal, much more earnest way than NoHo Hank on Barry, you know. Right.
1: <laughs> or, or uh, as a counterpoint to um, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's the anti-Nick Fury in some ways. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a little bit more idealistic, yeah. a little bit more uh, positive. Um, yeah, and he doesn't have the. The hard bitten vibe to him as much. He still has he, yeah. his optimism and his hopefulness to it. So yeah, I could see that as a counter.
0: Yeah, because Maria is like too counter. sim. Maria too similar to Nick Fury in that way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very cynical. Very power driven. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Next, we'll we'll talk about um a little bit about the agents of Shield. Um, yeah. Where are they? Oh, they're where still are they? There so it's yeah i mean this is this
0: is technically a non-canon tv show but it seems to i think it's it's one that's important for us to keep in mind because um well first of all so we saw things like you know this was where phil colson we saw him killed by loki in in avengers and right. then uh he well he's brought back to life a few times in the agents of shield <laughs> <laughs> TV um, show. Yeah, yeah the tv show yeah which lasted what was it seven seasons uh a very in quality, but overall, like a very good show. Um, Agreed. But it's a big commitment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I remember watching that really in the, in the middle sections and, and found it enjoyable for that style of television show where we had, uh, you know, I don't know how many episodes a season they were running, but they were certainly more than 12 to 15, I think. And it was more of that traditional. Yeah,
0: was, like the 22 episodes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: And they, right. I thought they did a, a pretty good job. I kind of lost the plot towards the end as the reveal of the a more Humans. secret, the inhumans. Yeah. And, and it was, I know it was always driving in that direction, but I, yeah, that's where I get into a little bit of that fatigue of, Oh, yet another existential threat to humanity and the earth or, you know, these big things. It's like, how much more can the Earth and Earth's population yeah. stand with, uh, like, our Earth seems to be a, a real focal point for a lot of problems in the universe?
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. It definitely, it suffered from being that more that, like you said, that network show where, you know, they had the long seasons and, you know, and they didn't necessarily know where things were going. So things kept twisting and turning. So some storylines hit really hard. Like everyone's going to tell you to watch the season with the Robbie Reyes ghost rider, you know, Uh, everything was cool. Yeah. Everything with Quake watch Uh, Fitzsimmons are my favorite characters, you know, everyone. Yeah. Everyone has like favorites that they hope to see back in the MCU, and there are fingers and crossed that maybe they'll show up in this show at some
2: point. And I think in in the the beginning episodes of Agents of Shield that they were trying to incorporate themselves in the right. larger MCU, yeah, which uh-huh. made it you know really compelling because you had this TV show that was almost in lockstep with what was going on in the movies. Um, and like you said, then things got a little bit confused and. I think they were banking on the humans doing something. Um Yeah, more, it does feel more like more that, of, doesn't it? Yeah. They
1: yeah. Oh, I think on, yeah, on some storylines property. are
2: different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um they went all the way through with it in Agents of Shield, but it didn't translate on screen on the big screen. So I think that, you know, really um hampered the T V show. But it's a good TV show.
1: Question anyway. about um rights and production. Who produced that? Was that a mcu disney no. license deal or
0: no no this was before so this was yeah. you know when marvel before was the
1: snap before the snap that disney <laughs>
0: <laughs> well actually so they had to deal with the snap at the end and in, in the final season of asians yes, of shield they right. kind of reworked it to like oh, bring meant, it back. Uh,
1: disney snapping its fingers oh. and up uh, all the ip <laughs>
0: you, have to, you have to be careful saying the snap to a marvel
1: exactly
0: <laughs> um but you know so it was it was Marvel TV, uh, and that was like all, all the like the Netflix shows, like the Inhumans, uh, which right. was <laughs> infamously bad. Um, these were all Marvel TV shows, and so when Feige, the Marvel
1: licensed out two different producers, right? Right,
0: and then you know, Feige had his vision. Like, I want TV movies to be integrated together in house under one okay. unified vision, which is mine, and so then the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. suddenly was started drifting further and further away from the canon. Got it. Okay. Know. Got it. But it's still worth watching. And I still think, yeah, so if the characters show up, that's most likely we'll like... will be happy. Yeah, but it's most likely like somewhat alternate universe characters, kind of like with da- mm. Daredevil and Kingpin. Mm.
2: Right. Interesting.
0: Yeah,
2: that would, that would be, yeah, that would be interesting. Huh. I didn't think about that. Um, so, yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D., Hydra, sword, mm-hmm. saber. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they they're, they all like they're all the CIA. They're, they're, <laughs> they're all the CIA. That's what we need to know. They're all CIA uh you know sort of organizations. Whenever you hear these things, <laughs> just understand that they're into either destabilizing, uh, not even order. They're they they're into destabilizing. Shield. Yeah is infamously before 2008 in the comic books shield is a spy organization right so take that as you will <laughs> um hydra is the opposite it's like the KGB the and opposite, hydra you know? hydra to me was always
1: the um, part of that mythology or or uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for um the mythol the um, the uh, archetype of evil organization that we see yes. in Bond right. villain films. Yes. And, yes. and way. Right. they're just yeah. evil yeah. for the sake of being evil, and they want to <laughs> twist their mustaches <laughs> and take over the world from you know using all these secret bases or secret you know forbidden technologies.
2: And, and for me, I think um, going back to Agents of Shield, I love the 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 way they portrayed Hydra. <laughs>
1: yeah, I thought yeah. I, I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> so,
2: it was so cool. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, Sword, Saber, they're the new iterations of S.H.I.E.L.D. because, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. no longer exists. Um, and, you know, now what they're trying to do is because of these universal threats that exist for the MCU, for Earth, um, they've left the more grounded spy genre the spy game and gone into the space game. Um space spies. And at, yeah, space spies. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking out for those extraterrestrial threats now. It's no longer about, you know, what's happening down on, you know, good old Earth. It's I what's think happening.
1: That'll uh we'll touch deeper on that in the in the spoiler once we get past the break, right? To talk yeah.
2: about
1: yeah. Saber and stuff. Because yeah, I don't wanna go too far into that without you know, yeah. it, it's it's integral to the show. I as I understand,
0: yeah. No, all, all the all the only background we need to know is Shield was like busted up by Hydra, right? Basically, the part that survived, Hydra became... like infiltrated
1: them so so yeah. effectively. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the part that survived became Sword and Saber. Is their space station where Nick Fury is at the start of the series? Right.
1: right, and they keep referring to it in the series, but we don't know what it is. So yeah,
0: we, yeah, it's we a, see it. It's a,
2: it's a space station. Yeah. Okay. Yeah where he beamed down like Scotty. You we know.
0: saw glimpses of him there before. Uh, where was that? Was yeah. that also Far, but we see, also let's far skirt, From
1: let's skirt, the, yeah. let's skirt this line. <laughs> <It's just laughs> no,
0: no, this is also. not, I mean, in Far From Home, in the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh like,
1: did yeah. we? Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, got it. Yeah. There's yeah. so much to keep track of. It's hard to yeah. <laughs> keep my brain straight with all that.
2: That's right. And um, and before we, we you know, start with our reactions, let's just say that this is happening now. Um, oh, Really? Yeah, the, it's present the day. Timeline, oh, interesting! The, it's present day, and you know, but
0: MCU, guess, present pr- yeah. MCU present day,
2: MCU present day, twenty right? Okay,
0: yeah,
2: twenty twenty five. I I guess right. Yeah, um, because
0: they because we lost some years with the whole snap. Blip, yeah, snap, flip
2: the snap again. You, snap. What a, what a yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is where we're at. We're in um, present day MCU twenty twenty five. That's where Secret Invasion finds us. So everything that's happened I believe in the cinema and the movies um have already taken place and yeah. um, now this is where we're at and then this new story.
1: Okay, cool. All right, well let's uh now that we've got some background context uh let's get into our initial reactions, hot takes for your hot cakes.
2: Uh Jean, you want to <laughs> kick us off? Um I'm intrigued okay. by, by this story. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to unwrapping it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it unfold. And I thought this first episode for me, um, it definitely pulled me in. Again, uh, there are characters, like I said, it was so good to see Nick Fury um, on screen. And I, I like this deconstructed Nick Fury. Okay. Mm. So I want to see where it goes. Um, I thought some of the acting was great. Um, Sam Jackson, Olivia Coleman to me, were that their scene together was I, I thought it was awesome. Um, also, um, why can't I remember her name? Please help me. Um, <laughs> Which character? Oh uh, Talos's daughter. Um, oh right!
0: Oh, um, Amelia Clark. Amelia uh, Clark. Thank you. Gaia. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: She. I think she knocked it out the park. Yeah. Um, I was really. Yeah, I think she did a great. This first episode, she was she was really the standout- She was solid for sure. Character for me. Um, so overall, I really enjoyed this first episode. Okay. Alicia.
0: Um. Yeah. So I mean, I think. Overall, like I I have a positive impression. Um, I would say that it was very much like a setting up episode. I do think this could have benefited from um, having a two-episode drop in this particular case, but I also see why, with the way it ended, why they didn't do that. Um, I just have to keep reminding myself. You know, there's been a lot of talk about comparing it with Andor, and like, you know, as I'm watching, I'm like, don't do that because that's (laughs) not fair to that's not fair to this show. That's not fair to Andor. That's not fair to yourself. Like, stop doing that. And also. I have to give up like I'm deep in the throes of the silo brain rot. We're going yeah. into like the final episode and like I had to restart it a couple of times cause I was thinking about silo, but that's not, that's not this show's fault. It just needs some more time to uh, establish itself. Um, right. I like, I like that it's, it's like a story sequel to captain Marvel, but like a spiritual sequel to winter soldier plus mm, agent Carter, which is, which is like a two episode uh, ABC Marvel series that I highly recommend to anyone who likes like, Absolutely. World War II uh, spy hijinks, which I'm not usually into, but I love that one. Um, it's kind of like a Bon Noir thing, which... And I really appreciate this like more adult, but still playful tone for the MCU. And the production values were really high. Um, I, was, I was very mad about the final twist at the end, but I, I have some thoughts about it. We'll talk about on the other side of the spoiler break. All right. What about you, David?
1: I am... Um Holding, I'm nervous, uh, and I'm holding a strong judgment at this standpoint. I actually really like the comment that you let off with, which is don't compare this to Andor. Mm-hmm. You know, what we, we've talked a lot about is this the you know, as Andor is to Star Wars, is Secret Invasion to Marvel. And from that tonal shift and that different kind of storytelling, I think that's a fair comparison. But what I noticed, just as you uh, made your note there about it, is oh, maybe my love of Andor and all that it 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 uh, res- how it resonated for me is bleeding over into how I'm approaching this show and looking at it. It is not. It is. Uh, functionally, there's some similarities there, but I think you're right. We have to take the story as the story, not mm-hmm. the, you know, it does this stack up against Andor. It's yeah. it's a different world. It's a different IP. It's a different, you know, uh, production crew and all that stuff. That said, I do have some concerns about IP-driven, corporate-driven, studio-driven visions as opposed to letting the showrunners and the directors and the writers have a vision and a point of view uh and allow that. So that was the success of Andor, was that Gilroy was, you know, his stature and whatever he brought to the relationship with Kathleen Kennedy, they just gave him the space to execute his vision and and for all of the creatives on that show to work in that that concert. And I'm I, I'm a little nervous with the MCU right now about is this too corporate driven and and driving hmm. the storyline as opposed to okay here's here's your box this is kind of what we want to achieve with this show or movie now creators go do your thing writers write directors direct you know producers produce uh, you know set designers design etc and and I'm a little bit nervous with the show that it felt a little formulaic and it was a little flat for me to start with. That I said, think, yeah. the acting and this, the underlying storyline and the characters and the things that they're dealing with are all intriguing for me. I just didn't feel like there was enough salt or paprika or spices on the on the script. It was a very okay. It felt a very flat, acceptable uh, 22 episode old- style TV type show for me. It didn't. Uh, it didn't really zing me, and I don't want to be. I, I'm trying to keep that in balance. To okay, let's go. Like, like, tell me this story. This is you know new content for me as a non-comic book reader, and uh, I really want to see uh, um, all of these characters. You know, work out what's what's going on because there's some great actors in this, and and yeah, there's some cool production stuff going on. So uh, I am. Um, I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm open for the story. So,
2: so I, I think the, the comment that, that both of you are saying that this is not Andor, let's not look at it as such. Right. That is so true. But I will also say that given what you just said, David, yeah, is that this is not Spider-Verse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's where, not. We're, where, yeah. where, you know, the filmmakers were allowed to do their vision of what the Spider Man universe is. I think we're dealing with with something that, in a way, is IP driven. And Marvel has, I think, has always done this, right? This is not new to, to them. They're telling, a, they're trying to tell a, a bigger, larger story and incorporate these smaller stories into that bigger picture. Um we just haven't been given that opportunity um on the TV show side of things, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. I, gone, I mean yeah. Well
0: look, I, look, look. I think that, that there's been some wildly creative TV shows that were and I think they have been doing more to like with like Loki or uh, Loki, of course, has to fit into the wider storyline. I think like Werewolf by Night was an especially good example. Um, and when I see the production values here, like, I don't know, I can't comment on the story yet. It's too soon. But when I see right. like it looks like, you know, the the visual artists, the directors, cinematographers, they seem to be given a, a long leash to play with it, with the um, the showrunner. He was given a lot of space to, to like have a vision and realize it. And I see that coming through in the artistic side. I just am waiting for the script to wow me.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that that's for me was the script was, it was a very easily this particular starter episode and it, it is right. It's, it's always hard to, to kick off a, a series Episode ones are always hard because you're trying to world build, you're trying to set stakes, you're trying to engage the audience with the characters to care about the characters. We've got some built in things with Talos and Nick Fury, but Gaia, I think, is new um, in this. Is she? We haven't seen Gaia before, right? Uh, we saw
0: Not her last version. as a child in the right um, in the nineties. Yeah,
1: so we don't have anything to care f- about her just yet. In in no. just that
0: she's she's Talos's. Daughter, and last time we saw her, she was a cute kid who just was happy to be reunited with daddy. (laughs) Right. Right.
1: So they're yeah, they're trying to pick up those threads. So yeah, I mean, I I recognize the the difficulty of a a episode one uh, with what they're doing. And do we know? Are they going to a? Is this a limited series uh, one off, or is this going to go one or two seasons?
0: I'm pretty sure it's a one off. It's a
1: one off. Okay. All right. So they have a lot of work to do. It's really pretty hard, especially when you've got. Production house issues for digital effects. You've got all the streaming issues. You've got Disney leadership, whatever. So it's it's tough. It's a tough yeah. uh, episode to break, right? And and there's a lot riding on this season for the for MCU at large.
0: Yeah. Um, so just to give credit, uh, when I stumbled over the name earlier, so the show was created by Kyle Bradstreet, and the person I was thinking of uh, is the director, and I. I Fairly certain. I know that he had a lot of creative uh, oversight on this show. Is Ali Salim? So, Got just it. FYI. Okay.
1: Cool. Um, let's see. Anything else that we want to touch on before we take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll we'll get into stuff. I'm ready to talk spoilers. <laughs> okay, good. Do we need to talk about the opening uh, AI-driven sequence now or or during spoilers? We could talk about it now. We can yeah. talk about it now if you want. Because it's kind of the the scroll in the room, right? Or I don't know. i trying to make a bad elephant <laughs> yeah. in the room mm. joke, but that didn't really work. Um, because it is a lot of what's garnering attention in the surface media, uh, people hearing about the fact that this was an AI-generated intro. I don't know all the facts and details about it. I don't know, Alicia, is it is it accurate to say that this is... Have the showrunners or the the Disney or anybody said anything about it
0: yes I mean the person I discredited, Ali Salim he talked about it you know he it was his creative vision and I have to say so the the problem this okay I'm going to be careful about how I talk about this because you know I'll always be the first one to step up and support the strikes and uh, that's absolutely the case yes um, yeah. but we need to be able to have a nuanced conversation about AI and I Agreed. think one of the problems is because it's here, great...
1: right? It's not going away.
0: Exactly, and one it's, of the problems is we're in the middle of this whole strike situation, so it does seem feel like a little insensitive time, to,
1: bit of a <laughs> to thumb in the eye, <laughs> too. <Yeah. laughs> to but I don't think
0: I don't think that was intended, and I think like a, a couple things people should know. One is that what we call AI is still very largely human driven. So in order to create this opening, um, they they basically trained and an AI to do something called scroll cubism uh, is what they called it. And that's like, for me, I immediately thought of Edward Munch, Um, but Mm -hmm. he was one of the cubists. Uh, And so what they do is they feed it pictures and they uh, feed it art styles and they guide it and coach it. Like, well, we want more of this and less of that and that sort of thing. And um, this is where some of the controversy comes in because then it's like, well, what art are you feeding it? And this is where like, you know, AI can be a cool tool because the thing about the reason why he wanted to use this is because it looks inhuman and unnerving. Mm -hmm. And that's what people need to realize is AI, it's nowhere near ready to replace humans, but it can be used to a specific effect if you're trying to get an eerie, uncanny valley, something off feeling. Um, So I think, you know, it was employed In the right way, if they, you know, properly credited and compensated all artists involved. Uh Uh, But the timing does not look good.
1: (laughs) Not at all. The timing is terrible. (laughs) It's totally (laughs) terrible. (laughs) terrible. But it's not like they could go back and generate a new opening from scratch, given the they were committed to this date and this programming, so...
0: Presumably they've been working on this for a while. Yeah. yeah. One would imagine. Yeah. Jean. Yeah. It's
1: both aesthetic and uh
2: industry sort I, of specific. Given the, the background, I understood it. Yeah. I, I understood what they were doing. Once I saw it, I said, oh, okay, I understand what, what what they're trying to get at here. Um given the nature of the show, I get it. But again, timing is everything. Right. And yeah. it's it's released at a time where the reaction to that is going to be overwhelmingly negative because, um, rightfully so, people are afraid of, mm-hmm. of losing, you know, work, right, and not being properly compensated for their work if they should have it's it.
0: Ev- every excuse to pay creatives less, the students will take. right, yeah, and right. and I
2: get that and I understand it. Even while I I understood the creative choice to use it, yeah. um, that it came out now. Is really um, a shame uh, because the conversation is not about the the creative aesthetics of it. The conversation is about all the things that we're all afraid of happening right. because. Of and this I disorder. think the
1: the conversation about AI and the str- and all that stuff is affecting how we're uh, judging the aesthetic value Absolutely. of it. Because I think some of the first criticism I heard was looks terrible, terrible. Te- yeah. Terrible AI generated art. And it, w- it was coming from a place of bias against AI, yes. you know, utilizing AI, especially image driven AI. And so, yeah, it's how do we separate those, those two things? Uh, it's not easy. Uh,
2: and then also, you yeah. know, it's coming on the heels of the flash, right? Yeah. Which had terrible, terrible
1: uh
2: AI effects. Or not AI, sorry, visual right. effects, yeah. Just terrible. So that conversation overlapped mm-hmm. with the initial reaction to to seeing this opening. It was like right. what what are people doing? Like you're you're not paying people and look at the, the effects in the flash and now you're using AI and look at these terrible effects. So there was a right. a, a a conflating of of, of these you know, complaints that people rightfully, I would say rightfully had because, you know, The Flash, I don't, I don't believe um, them when they say that it was done purposely. Uh, I think they ran out of, yeah. they just,
0: they didn't have enough time because they kept to rewriting the movie. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so I, I don't believe that it was done purposely. That's yeah. just me. I could be wrong Um, again, yeah. but. That's just my
1: It sounds like perfect but I, speak to avoid the right. accountability
2: in an issue, yes, right? Yes, but, yeah. but
0: But can I ask you guys, like I yeah. personally, you know, moral compunctions aside, I loved the this oh, opening, like just okay. on an aesthetic value and yeah, in terms cool. of and in terms of like the tonality and stuff setting the tone for the show. Yeah, you I mean
2: I thought it was cool. The yeah. first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I'm like, I mean then I started listening to the conversation. And then I found out. Because I didn't realize yeah. it was AI. Um, no, done I, I
0: didn't until the, I first like an saw hour it. later. Yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. Because I stayed away from reading anything Right. Um, going into watching this first.
1: Yeah, uh, I, got, I got dinged on Twitter. Uh, and so uh, then, of course, as I'm watching it, I was uh, like, ah, crap. <laughs> now I can't, you know. <laughs>
2: you're already <laughs> I'm jaded now. You're already jaded. Yeah. You're already jaded. So I thought I said, it was I, great.
1: It, i love the green colors and i and i did appreciate what they were going for with the weirdness uh you know thing trying to put you at uh you know make you uneasy about what's going on and what's going on with the characters aesthetically i didn't love it personally mm-hmm. um okay i didn't think it was and i have to be careful because i i was I, I am a little biased there because I, I did get spoiled at the same time that the the facial drawings, I really and the eyes, I really recognize those as AI. I've been using some photographic tools recently to upscale okay. images, and it has AI uh, algorithms. So when it does facial reconstruction, when you're taking an image, say you've got a small image, just a few hundred pixels, and you're trying to get it up to a few thousand pixels, um, it'll really do weird stuff to the eyes, and so mm. I instantly recognize that that facial construction problem that ai grapples with uh and but i thought
0: that was a pro because yeah we see like well okay no spoiler so <laughs>
1: <laughs> fair enough spoiler um you know so it, it i i it, yeah and i think i'm i'm with you guys in the sense of okay this is interesting technology it's here we're going to be utilizing it we're going to be seeing it more that's just what it is and then man they just. You know, it just landed so badly at the wrong time. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Timing, not great.
1: Yeah. And and it could turn out to be cool. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, we will look at Silo, we look at Westworld, we look, I'm I'm sure I could j- try to think of several other shows where we have these really beautiful, uh, The Crown. I don't know if either of you watch The Crown, but mm. I love I that opening. Um, yeah. You know, so we see a lot of computer generated imagery and uh, yeah and i think like you said alicia it it could be an interesting thing because it's still creative vision and a creative person has to sign off on it Uh, how do we use the tool and yeah but of course with the with
0: silo and the crown you know it's they use a well i mean that's the thing is either way it's just a tool but uh, where is the line between silos intro which is you know computer graphics generated, uh, right. in a, you know, 3d modeling program, uh, and you know, where you have, uh, the AI where you're still using it as a tool. Yeah. It's not, it's not its own entity. It's doing what you tell it to do of to your own purposes. Um, but where do we draw the line morally re- between where, you know, where I, I, and I think it just simply comes down to what inputs are you feeding it? And are you fairly compensating the
1: sources of those inputs? Right, that's a big, big question. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll get into spoilers and talking uh, and, and talk about that episode specifically. So we'll see you just after this.
4: and we're back and uh i david am going to be leading the uh the wait
0: a minute wait a minute wait a minute i yeah, think we I mean, have a scroll on the podcast fishy is
4: going on here you caught yeah. me i i used the wrong voice
0: <laughs> <laughs> david are you really a scroll named john
4: it, it could have been me as two people the whole time the lore hounds are actually just one scroll
0: man <laughs> the this secret's is, out now
2: <laughs> breaking news <laughs> It's true. It's true. We so we had an infiltrator all along.
4: <laughs> you can now refer to me as John, and we'll uh, we'll we'll keep it going from here. Um, we have to pick back up with the opening sequence. So now we're talking full spoilers. After the break, uh, if you haven't watched the episode, go watch it and come back. Let's talk about this opening sequence that was quite controversial. I'll start over with Alicia. What would you think?
0: Um, well, so we got a preview about, we got a preview of this, like, you know, that was mailed out. We talked about it on the discord, um, this sort of like spy thing, when you log into a site and enter some details and you can see the first few minutes uh-huh. of the, of the episode. Um, so I found from that, like, I just think Martin Freeman is too good an actor that immediately when I saw that preview, I was like, that guy's a scroll, and for me, I, I wish that I hadn't seen it when it started because I thought it was actually a really cool way to open. But uh, the oomph was taken out of it for me because yeah, I'd already seen most of it. What did you guys think,
2: I, John? Yeah, I, 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 unlike you, I did not know he was a scroll. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't peg it. I didn't. I didn't see it coming. Okay. So I, I thought the the agent was a scroll. Correct. I didn't think it was Martin okay. Freeman. I didn't think it was Ross. So, yeah, when that happened, I was like, "Oh man, okay, 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 all right, you got me." Secret Invasion. That's that's one down. <laughs> and yeah, I I love that opening sequence. I thought it was cool. The chase was was really great. Um, instead of a car chase, you got a foot chase that was really awesome. You yeah, know, we we always see spy. Um, genres, spy movies. There's always a car chase or uh, uh, a motorcycle or something, and right. to have them just yeah. running through the streets and rooftops, I thought that was really cool. A nice little uh, change from from what the genre um, gives us mostly. Why well, so, yeah. would say
0: the rooftop chase is like a throwback to like classic like Cary Grant spy movies? You know, I love a good rooftop. Yeah, that's, chase. yeah. I
2: didn't think about that. Hmm. That's absolutely yeah. You're right. <laughs> you're right. So um, I, I liked it. I, I thought the opening sequence was good. Um, it set up, you know, what we could hopefully um, find out um, about who else is going to possibly be replaced. Um, I thought that was a great place to start. What about was, you, goal cool. yeah. how did you feel?
4: Yeah, so I, uh, as soon as Martin Freeman started Acting a little sus, I knew he was a scroll. I was just waiting for him to take the mask off, basically. And uh, I, uh, to give a little background of where I am, uh, where I am with scrolls. I did watch Captain Marvel back in the day. Uh, I was lost on some other things, like Fury being off planet uh, as as we got in here. But the scrolls, I was familiar with, and I did understand the whole idea of okay, Captain Marvel and Nick Fury said they were going to get a home world for him. Didn't really do it, and now we're dealing with the consequences. So I was pretty excited to see how they were going to factionalize these scrolls. And I think it became clear very upfront in this opening sequence, this is not a unified front. And I thought that that was a great way to really introduce us to this world and the conflicts that we're going to be exploring here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was bummed, though, that um, that we lost H.M. Prescott, who's he's played by Richard Dormer, who played Beric Dondarrion in uh, in Uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, He just has like such a cool voice and I don't know, such a cool presence. And I was really excited to see them and him in that teaser. And then, yeah, okay, fine. (laughs) You already took away one of my darlings. We'll obviously get to the other one. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But he did, he did get, he did show us like the, he laid the groundwork for the whole scroll plan before he went. Uh So thank you for that. So this whole idea that they're trying to foment this global civil war so that all the humans will fight each other and the scrolls can like reap the bounty of, but yeah, my question about this plan though is like, aren't we not afraid of nuclear war destroying the planet that they want to take over?
4: Great question um, I wonder also if the showrunners expected a civil war to be evolving in Russia uh, right. during this uh, <laughs> this show's run uh quite a coincidence, but uh, yeah, great question do they need like what is it what does a scroll need to survive? I guess is my question
0: I mean this produce is glowing stuff apparently yeah that they can grow in the current climate but yeah can, how versatile is it
2: the radioactivity that would kill us would not kill them.
0: That's true. Ah, So a nuclear
2: war benefits them because we're gone and and they can thrive, (laughs) they'll still be be around. So um, they don't, they, you know, they don't care. (laughs) They'll raise, they wanna raise, that faction wants to just raise the earth, um, get rid of all the humans and, you know, make this new Skrullos proper. You know, not just one little part of Russia, you know, but the entire planet. So, right. yeah, I think they're, they're really, um, as far as, as Conquest, um, you couldn't have a better suited <laughs> protagonist yeah, or antagonist because they pose a threat that really I don't think we're in the MCU can handle. We, mm. we can handle, you know, throwing hammers at folks, but how do you detect someone who's not really someone?
0: So I, I'm, I'm assuming that agent Prescott was, God, you know, was onto Skrull, yeah, Skull Ross when he showed him the schematics and he like, didn't seem impressed. And was just like, I'll take it back to fury or I'm sorry, I showed him the hologram and I'm assuming that those are the bomb schematics. Do you guys agree? Do you think that's yeah. what he showed that him? Yeah,
4: that seemed
0: right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And what do you think happened with the real Ross? Like, do you think that was him in Black Panther 2? Or do you think he's been out of the picture longer?
2: I think it was him in Black Panther 2. I think he's been compromised after. We haven't seen when or how. I think he's being held much like those other um, people that we saw with the brain transfers. We're getting skipped a little bit ahead. Um, Mm -hmm. Are being held. So where exactly is he? I don't know. But I think he was he was compromised after Wakanda Forever. Yeah,
4: I only okay. vaguely know who Ross is. So uh, <laughs> I'll leave that to you, too. So before we get into the episode proper after the opening, why don't we talk a little bit about the general production of the show? Uh, what did what did you guys think of it? Jean, you want to go first
2: this time? Yeah, I think um, I, I, I love the the noir aspect of it, I, it, you know, quote unquote, more, more grounded aspects of it. Um, it was, I like being back on earth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like being back in a city. I like being, you know, the, the, you know, this black man walking through the streets of, of, you know, Moscow. I think it's Moscow. And Yeah, it's Moscow. Yeah. And, and he's standing out. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's like,
1: right, like wait a minute,
2: wait a minute. What, what's going on here? You know what I mean? So, I like those little, that that feeling of, of realism that we haven't, you know, gotten recently um, from the major Marvel pro- um, productions, right? Um, and even some of the other um, TV shows, they're, you know, we're dealing with time travel, multiverses, magic, um, you know, androids and, and things of that nature. And, and for a moment there, I was caught up in the day-to-day, like, just walking the streets of a city in the dark, looking for a place to drink and knowing that somebody is watching me and then getting, you know, tailed and all of that stuff. I, I, I really enjoyed that, that part of it. What about you guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that uh, feeling of paranoia, this was really well uh, well incorporated. So this was created by Kyle Bradstreet, as we said earlier, who is also the creator of Mr. Robot. Uh, so that's very much like a noirish, paranoid kind of thriller. So uh, he's bringing that energy. And then you know we have some of the clo- the classic tropes like people staring, you know, creepy kids with the slow bouncing ball who turn out to be aliens. Um, but then yeah, I just really liked also the camera work that they did. That it was often you know they would get uncomfortably close to the subject and then, you know, suddenly swing out wide and uh, the angle would often be tilted to like almost like a Dutch diagonal angle. Um, And there would be like these sweeping motions with the camera. So they're just constantly trying to disorient you and, um, you know, to show you the plays of power and to make you feel a little uneasy. And I think, yeah, they, they did that very well and captured like visually the production design of, you know, these classic sci-fi, like close encounters, V World War II spy dramas all mixed together with like these rich vintage color gradings and uh and this like detailed, like more grounded lived-in set design. It's not at all cartoonish. Um, so yeah, it was it's was very mature for me. And and the sound design also reflects that with like some uh, rich natural. Um, mixes of like, like we got the spaceship wah, wah, with the crickets of my youth layered over each other. And it just, I don't know, I could just listen to that for hours. Yeah.
4: Cool. Cool. Yeah, I know you guys probably talked about this before I came in, but I mean, it was me as David. But, right. Um, I really hated the AI intro, <laughs> but I did think that I understood what they were going for and it did prime me to expect more unsettling things Mm. in the episode and expect things to be slightly off and be looking for things that are slightly off, which is why by the time I got to Martin Freeman acting weird, I was like, oh, he's a scroll. That's it. That's it. Anyway. Yeah. Speaking of scrolls, I think it's time we do some talking about them. Uh, I need some details because I'm new to this. I don't know much about scrolls beyond what happened in Captain Marvel. Can someone tell me what
2: the heck a scroll is? (laughs) Jean, you're up. Um, (laughs) Alien species. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I got that. (laughs) Alien species. And inherently, what they can do is shapeshift. Okay. They can uh, see something and become that thing, whether it's a human being or a cow. You know, there's a very famous story in, in all the comics of the first squirrels that that, you know, landed here and they, you know, they were cows for for many, many years, just sitting but and watching and chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just sitting, watching and chilling as cows. So, um <laughs> yikes. Yeah. They can they're stronger than humans. Um, I wouldn't put them on the level of a Thor or you know, a, uh, average Skrull is not as strong as Thor or the Mighty Hulk or something like that, but they're much stronger than humans are. They're faster than humans. Um, they're longer lived than humans. So in every other way, there are super powered um, people.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they and they have those those mind machines that we saw. We saw that they were reading uh, Carol Danvers' memories in Captain Marvel and in this yeah. show. We saw them like using it to kind of knock people out, but then also so that they could, because they can. What? How is it in the comics that they can? They can do like the most recent memories of people. Yes. But mm-hmm. this, they seem to be able to go deeper somehow and so, get like.
2: Again, with, with a spacefaring race, um, mm-hmm. they're much more advanced than human beings. Um, and so, you know, they've built starships. The you know they they have technology that human beings don't have, we don't currently possess. So yes, they can read, they can, they have machines that can read minds and, and put those memories into the scrawl imposter so they can work around, um, incredibly be, um, David, right. Right. And know everything about David (laughs) and know everything about David and know all the little intimacies and yeah. But there's always something
0: a little bit off, and that's where I have to credit Martin Freeman's performance this episode, because I think he was just, like, not quite the same Agent Ross. You know, he's just a little more prickly, a little more, you know, annoyed.
2: That's yeah. the thing. Do they have those human traits?
0: I think so, yeah. Right? Definitely,
2: yeah. Is that, is that a, is, that's the off, right? They can have your memories, but do they have the human traits, the, the little things that make human beings human beings?
0: Well, I think, but it's also like, it's a different individual, so they just might have a different personality than the person exactly. they're pretending exactly. to be, yeah. Exactly, exactly.
4: Right, um, is, is a person the sum of their memories or is it something else? Right. right.
2: right. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, so those are, those are the scrolls. basically. We know from Captain Marvel that, you know, their homeworld was destroyed by the Kree after a long, long war between those two races. Um, for control of, of parts of the galaxy. Um, and here they are, 30, 35 years after Captain Marvel, um, still in search of a homeland, of a new planet to call home. So why not the one that they've been stuck on for the last generation? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seems so reasonable we- to me. <laughs> so we know that the premise of this show is that there's going to be scrolls popping up in unexpected places. Do we think that this was like a fallout of the blip that they started infiltrating?
4: Um, Mm, that's a that's a good good question question. like are you saying somebody's missing from the blip oh great let's just uh be that person for a while yeah
0: and then what happens when that person shows back up
4: Mm. Mm. so are are there how many peter parkers are there that's the question (laughs) that's a
0: great as long as nobody knows about them in this universe right
4: right yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a cool idea. I, I guess my only question with that is how do they get their memories then if they took someone who was already gone?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, you have to. Oh, and it has to have been someone that they've seen, too, because then. Right,
2: if, right. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's you know, a good question. The blip, man, I'm telling you. Out although, of control. Can,
0: can they copy if they see, like, video footage of someone?
2: Right. Like, I uh, don't actually. think so.
0: No, it has to be Somebody so. in person.
2: Yeah. yeah, I believe they have to see someone, you know, in person.
0: Okay.
4: And uh, the reason that they can't impersonate, you know, Iron Man or Captain America is because they couldn't afford Robert Downey Jr. or <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Evans.
0: I was like, yeah, superpower. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Iron Man doesn't have superpowers. So,
4: <laughs> yeah. So that's a good question, actually. Can they mimic superpowers? No. Okay. Yeah, so they can test, imitate yeah. your body, but they can't imitate right. your powers.
2: Not the average um scroll. Right. The, so they the can scrolls, imitate
4: they can imitate you know, Bruce Banner, but they can't become the Hulk.
2: Exactly. Not the average exactly. scroll.
0: Yeah.
4: Okay. Good good, in, good in uh, comics, detail there. In
2: yeah. comics, they did create a being that was the some parts of the Fantastic Four. Okay. Right? Um the Super Scroll. But oh. that was someone who was engineered. Specifically, to have those powers, so we don't Sprouls, have the budget for that here. Yeah, we
0: don't.
2: <laughs> we don't, and we haven't even introduced the Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah,
4: in the MCU. I
2: mean, it
0: feels it feels like they're taking a more grounded approach with this one. So they are,
2: they are yeah. a lot of superheroes that we're not. I don't think we're going to see guys and gals flying and shooting yeah. lasers and hammers throwing and. Yeah, I don't think oh, we're gonna well, get that
0: in this. We'll see if we get that Marvel finale.
2: So oh. you've huh. got
4: a couple specific scrolls listed here that I don't even know who they are. <laughs> Can you tell me about Talos and Soren?
0: Yeah. Okay. So so Talos Talos is the um, you know that's the Ben Mendelssohn. character. He's our main ally scroll. Okay. And, yes. Yes. Yeah. So he was the leader of the scrolls when you know we saw him in Captain Marvel and. um And now, you know, he's the one who made the deal with Nick Fury and uh, with Carol Danvers to like that they were going to help them get a new planet. But now we find out that as of course time has passed and this promise hasn't been delivered on, there's more and more scrolls who are becoming disaffected and you know and thinking, well, they're never going to do it, so we have to take things into our own hands. And so they've a- ousted Talos from the Scroll Council, so he's now an ally of the humans. And um, and also recently, his wife Soren died. So we last saw Talos and Soren in Spider-Man: Far From Home, impersonating uh, Fury and Maria Hill. So, uh, yeah. And now she's, she's passed away. This is the event that calls Nick Fury back to earth. Um, and yeah, also their daughter who we last saw as a child, uh, the Amelia Clark character Gaia, she has run off away from home. Uh, doesn't even know at the start of the episode that her mother's died and she has joined the rebels, the rebel scrolls who are led by Gravik. Um, and Gravik's the guy that you see in the trailers, who you keep seeing different copies of, where they all stand mm-hmm. up in the restaurant and stuff. That's Gravik, and he's he's now the new leader of the Scrolls, and uh, he's set up a new home in New Skrullos. Uh, so that's where we see the kid go up and says, "In the what are you looking for? I'm looking for a home in my own skin."
4: So people got frustrated. The Scrolls got frustrated with the diplomatic approach of Talos. They sort of went to this populist leader who says, "Right, you know, let's let's make." The squirrel's great again. Let's uh, get these guys rule on the planet here. Um, I really loved Amelia Clark's performance in this. I thought that this character clearly is the center of the show of a person who is genuinely conflicted between the two sides. And I, I think that watching her journey is going to be probably the most interesting part of this show because will she side with Talos... Will she side with Gravik or will she find a third way?
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's going to be the narrative drive. Yeah,
2: man. Um, I agree with you both. Um, I totally loved her portrayal. I think um, not knowing that her, her, her mom died and seeing that reaction was, yeah. really, was really great. <laughs> she did an mm-hmm. awesome job. She played it really uh, well. Yeah, especially
4: you know, keeping a straight face in front of her dad, then hiding and having yes, an emotional moment—that yes, was really yes. perfect to the person that I think they're trying to tell us she is.
2: So yeah. human of her, right?
4: Yeah,
2: Ooh, <laughs> so so human, so human. and um, yeah, she she did a a really good job, and I and I, you know, I don't know where she's going to fall. Like you, I don't know if she's going to stay, you know, with this plan of just eliminating all humans, or she's going to turn back to her family, or does she? indeed find a third way um yeah but is there really a third way i i i I don't know i see
0: i see her like building doubts with both sides of things you know like she uh she sees her father as loving but ineffectual and you know probably she sees gravic as the opposite you know and uh and tell us, tell We see a couple times in this episode that he doesn't actually want to kill scrolls. Like he's upset uh, with the scroll who's killed at the end. He even before he knew that it was his daughter Gaia, he wasn't going to shoot the person who was taking, yeah. you know, the goods. And and uh, he was like, "Oh, I will shoot." And she turns around and says, "You always say that." But there's, I won't give you another chance. He says, and she says, "You always say that, but there's always another." So I think you know it's going to come down to do you follow who can get things done, or do you follow the more moral person?
4: And I guess it's kind of true to life that whether a revolution ends up in a better or worse state than the original regime, it's always violent, right? It's always violent. There's always choices that the actors sacrifice their morality for. I think of Andor with Luthen saying, you know, I'm selling my soul. I forgot how he phrased it, but, you know, I, I i kill my own soul for a future I won't live to see. Right. right? And, and um,
0: my life.
4: Yeah. 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 So th- put, put, this idea that, you know, maybe maybe Gravik will do all these moral things and maybe Gaia knows it's immoral, but she feels and I'm not saying this is right, but I think maybe she feels that it, it's necessary for her to sacrifice her own morality so that the next generation of scrolls can have a home
2: but but will he sacrifice himself right gravick that's, yeah gotcha that's that's yeah. that's the that's yeah. the that's the yeah. thing for me that mm-hmm. we want to i want to see play out is okay he he's cool with sending people on these missions and he's cool with picking up the scraps after the missions but is he going to sacrifice for a future that he won't see is he willing to take that?
0: They didn't give us a, a deep view of him this time. They no. kind of just like teased us with his looming presence, but we don't quite know what kind of leader he is yet.
2: So that remains to be seen. And, and I think that's something she's going to have to figure out too as well, right? Like this guy yeah. is, is giving me all of these, you know, hopes and dreams and, and a lot of nightmares to get to those hopes and to, to find those dreams. But is he going to sacrifice yeah. as much as I'm willing to sacrifice? Because like you said, she's fac- sacrificing her morality, right? Because right. We don't think that this is what she was ingrained with as a child by Soren and Talos. Definitely right? not. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, it, and it's interesting that they're picking up on like this theme that was kind of present in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I think definitely got messed up when they had to do the pandemic rewrites. This whole idea of, like, are these people, are they the resistance or are they terrorists? You know, is Talos, right. is he an ally or is he a collaborator? Um, can we, you know, can we play the blame game? I feel like the comics version the the scrolls are more unabashedly the bad guys and you know it creates when you're from a storytelling perspective it creates another opportunity to just blame some outside force that comes in and messes everything up and i think in real life that's something we do far too much of so i like how they set up in captain marvel that they gave the scrolls this complexity and i'm really hoping they lean into that into showing you know that it's not uh that they're not just the unabashed bad guys, that they they have a, a real point of view, uh and that we can sympathize with them.
2: And and the thing is with, with the, the comic story and and this story, they're in the comic story, they they're looking for a home as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They you know yeah, they, didn't, I mean, that's they true. didn't just they didn't just come willy nilly say, oh I hate you earthlings you know, like Mars attacks, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was different. It was like, yo, we need some place to call home. This looks like it's a great, a great place. You know, um, it's already populated. Well, you know what, let's get rid Tough of these. Yeah. Let's get rid of these folks and, you know, and we'll stop our, our space wandering ways for our people. Um, so and both stories, both, you know, they're all looking for a place of their own. Right. Um, how they go about those things are strikingly similar. Yeah. In the TV show and in the comic books,
0: they added the extra layer of nuance just by you know having it that they depended on Earthlings yes. to yes. do something for them, and they just were let down for decades. So then exactly. you have an. It's easier, even easier, to understand where they're coming from. Yeah.
2: Exactly.
4: Yeah. Speaking of finding a home, New Skrullus home in my own skin what is the deal with this what do we think about it how do we think this place will function throughout the series it looks
2: terrible
0: (laughs) i mean it looks like the the people who are you know the refugees they call them they look like they're having fun like out playing around and you know having a good time but the warriors behind the closed doors. Uh they and it's interesting that, you know, so the warriors think they're like saving everyone, but it's also they're the only ones who aren't living as scrolls. So they're the ones who are right. distancing themselves the most from the people they're protecting.
4: Right. Uh, it's it's Luthan burning the souls yeah. <laughs> for the next generation, right? They, the- uh,
2: uh, yeah, it just it looked bad, man. <laughs> uh, it just looked bad. Like the, the everything else, for a, such an advanced um, race for what they're calling new Skrullos to look as bad as it does has to have some sort of greater meaning to the story. Yeah. Right? okay. Because there's yep. no way that, you know, coming from, uh, you know, from space and having a planet of our own that, you know, with all of the, the technology and all the advancements in arts and science that they must have had, right? For them to call this place the new Skrullos. And it looked, you know, it looked like, you know, Chernobyl. (laughs) Well, I think that
4: that sort of emphasizes how much it means to them to live in their own skin, right? Right. Uh, I was also thinking about, you know, I just started playing Final Fantasy 16, which just came out. And this is very early, so it's not a big spoiler, but you know, there's this hideout in a cave and they're like, yeah, it's terrible here. That's why no one's going to look for us here. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: You know, I, I think that yeah. has something to do with it, too. If you if you live in a place where you don't think somebody's going to inhabit, I think that that's a better hiding place than, you know, oh, you know, there's an oasis right here. Let's go
2: look for them there.
4: You know, it's, it's not really as obvious.
2: It's not habitable to humans because of the radioactivity.
0: Right.
4: Right. At.
2: So right. it's already we can't even, you know, people can't go there already. Right. Right. So to me, it just struck me as a, you know, it, it it was almost a disconnect for me to to think of they're going to set up a new home, but not have what they lost before. And for it to be a representation of their their home on earth, right? Their existence here has been very it hasn't been very good. Right. Yeah. So if you're gonna pick a plot of land and say we're gonna start something new i would hope i would expect and that it would be something that you would say okay this reminds me of what we had you know and this reminds me of what we don't have and mm-hmm. i guess that's part of the appeal to graphic is to you know be in a place that that says we don't have anything really except ourselves maybe that's the the play here but just for me, it just struck me like, man, this is, this, it just didn't make sense to me that it would just look like, <laughs> just look, I don't know. It just looked, it just looked bad. It just looked bad.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it's to also give us more sympathy as a viewing audience too.
2: Maybe, um, maybe,
0: yeah. I have a question. So what do you guys think? So Gravik had his, like, right-hand man, Pagan, and uh, he's kind of, I don't know, he, he was... I got a weird vibe between them, you know, like P- Pagan's like a real try hard, you know, and he wants to be like, oh, only you and I are in on the secret. Um, but I don't know how seriously Gravik teaches, it takes him. And I'm wondering if that new kid who showed up, Beto, if he's going to wind up being Gravik's new protege. What do you guys think? Mm. Oh.
2: I don't see it yet. No? Yeah. I, I didn't big it. up on this, but I'm not going to deny it. Yeah, I, I can't say yes or no, but I, I just don't see it yet because... Gravik seems to be in total control of himself and everyone else around him. Like, he's the only one that seems Well, I'm not certain. saying
0: that. Yeah. He's seems yeah. of his
2: place, right? Um, go ahead. How,
0: how do you think he feels about Pagan, his right-hand guy?
2: He's fodder, just like everybody else.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: So everyone's think that's disposable I, to Gravik? Yes. You think? Yes. Yes. That's how mm. I feel. Everyone. And that goes back to, you know, Gaia's what is she going to learn about him, right? Is he really ready and willing to sacrifice himself for this movement? Or is he just right. really ready to sacrifice everyone else around him for this movement? Yeah. This great, a question. Thing, this, great question, great you question, know, yeah.
0: So we see a fun little Easter egg in this like back little warrior room uh, where they have all of the people standing in the machines. We see the real Vasily Propecian, which is the uh, guy that we later see a scroll playing the art dealer. Um, Mm. So he's the only one they kind of like, you know, you notice it on a rewatch. They kind of linger a little bit just to give you a glimpse. But the first time you watch, you don't know what you're looking at yet. But I'm wondering if we're going to get more reveals like that of people in that room, like maybe Mm. Everett Ross.
2: Maybe, maybe that that would be that would be awesome. If <laughs> that would be that would be awesome if we see Everett, because um, again I like him, and now that I know he's a scroll, this is I, I want to know where the real Everett is. Yeah, you know, where are they keeping him? Do they have a, a secondary base? You know, do they have you know locations throughout the world that they you know upload minds to? This is um, a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. So
4: the episode title resurrection, what are our thoughts on that? Who's being resurrected? Why are they being resurrected? Or is this a, a general, you know, societal resurrection of the scrolls?
0: I'm hoping that it's a prediction for next week, but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Okay, okay,
4: okay. Big, uh, big hill stand over here.
2: (laughs) Um, that's a good question. I think it it could mean resurrection for a lot of different um things. Scrolls, Nick Fury, obviously. Um, Yeah. Shield. Just is that really Nick
4: Fury? Either
2: you know that's that's the question.
0: I mean, there's a lot of comments made and they even have in the AI intro, they have like that shape that switches from scroll to fury, but like, aren't they kind of pointing too hard now? Maybe. Or maybe that's what they they, want you to think.
2: Exactly.
4: That's the problem with this paranoia you got. You can't, (laughs) you can't know if you're being paranoid or if it's, or if it's right, you know, is the paranoia justified? And terraforming is something else that we wanted to talk about early on here.
0: I mean, yeah, I think it's just uh, like I, I, that's can they take a nuclear fallout of the planet, presuming we don't actually blow the actual <laughs> bulb itself? Uh, <laughs> and can they terraform it into new scro- scrolos with their, you know, special glowing produce? And I guess, yeah, I guess they probably can.
4: Yeah, because so they are they growing don't... it in a nuclear area, right? In a radioactive mm-hmm. area. Yeah. Already, right. They yeah.
0: are, Yeah.
4: But so I, I don't probable. think radioactivity is a, a universal thing, is it? I mean, it, there's levels of radioactivity. If you knew right. the whole world, is it the right. same? Do you still have enough light? Because then
0: you probably also presumably like block out the sun or something, you know?
4: Yeah, good question. Good question. Huh. Are, you, are you sort of leaving a plume in the air? Plume, that's a great word. Anyway, <laughs> um, before we take a break, let's just go quickly over the human politics so that we have some background. Uh, president Ritson, is this an established character in the MCU? No,
0: no,
2: no. Okay. no. We don't and know don't, anything
0: about him. No, no. He's played by Dermot Mulroney, which yay, uh, I like him. But uh, I have a feeling he won't stick around long because we do know that Harrison Ford is playing the president, Estadius Ross, in the next Captain America movie. So okay. So yeah, I'm wondering if we're I'm wondering if we're going to see Harrison Ford possibly in this. Like, is he already in the government?
4: Right. Yeah, you, you, I see you noting here, could he be VP, you know? Yeah. Um. Or is he going to be running? Are we going to see some kind of election? And maybe maybe there's enough confusion in the election because of the scrolls that somebody gets in who shouldn't have. you That's know, true. That normally wouldn't have. Yeah. That would be an interesting twist there. James Rohde. I
0: think... So I, I was going to ask the question: Is uh, are there any scrolls in the government? But I have to say, a lot of people are looking at Rhodey as a potential scroll.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at the entire government as potential scrolls.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, where you else? Know, w- where would you target? Right,
2: right. So I, I think there's a high pro- probability that a lot of people that we're going to meet in the f- following episodes are compromised.
4: Hmm. Great questions all around will we get answers hopefully otherwise the show probably didn't work that well so (laughs) let's take a quick break when we get back let's get into the the plot points of the main sets of characters And we're back. So let's talk about the actual plot here. Uh, We're not going to be doing a scene-by-scene breakdown like we do on some shows. Here, we're going to be talking about the general plot lines of the characters. And first, we have up Nick Fury and Maria Hill. I know I've never watched an episode of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I do know that Hill is a beloved character uh, from the S.H.I.E.L.D. series. Well, she
0: shows up a few times, but she's more from, like, the Avengers films.
4: Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I, I vaguely remember her being in some of them. Again, I'm a casual MCU fan. I'll, I'll, I'll tune in every now and then. So I'll be the outside observer here. This is probably one of the more prominent things she's been in. Is that right?
0: Well, she's Other probably than S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, most people probably know her from How I Met Your Mother.
4: Right, right, right. Oh, I mean I mean yeah. the character.
0: Oh yeah. oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, see, I know this I know is- Robin
4: Shibatsky <laughs> yeah, you know okay, household good, name. Good,
0: good. <laughs> Let's go to the mall, come on. <laughs>
4: exactly. Um
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, uh I was really so this is why I was like really upset about what happens with her because um, I was looking forward to, I think both she and Fury have been intriguing characters who are setting up a lot of the pieces, Fury especially pulling the strings, and I was really looking forward to this being a show that dove into their whole stories and fleshed them out more, those two characters specifically. So I was pretty upset about what happened at the end of the episode, but now I'm back in complete denial. And, okay. And uh, I, I think, well i think we might have lost the real i almost said the real robin i think we might have lost the real maria but um that stinks yeah and that stinks but i think we might get i'm thinking lmd that's what i'm going with now a a life model decoy basically a a robot copy which is what happened in agents of shield with uh colson at well that
4: is very confusing to me because i don't know Mm. what you're talking about but uh, maybe they'll introduce it to newbies like me in this show. It yeah. does seem like I will say I think that this show is trying to onboard people. I think that they're trying to take it a step back. I didn't know why Fury was off planet, but I understood that he was, and I didn't really need to know why for it to work for me. Right, right, right.
2: For me, um, I, I agree. You know, Maria deserves much better. So we'll we'll, we'll get into that, um, but. What stood out for me was, was Fury. Um, when they say you've changed since the blip, like, yeah, it makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah, It makes sense. Yeah. Like, we really haven't, you know, talked about what happened to people who came back in a real way. Like, the characters that, that you so know. So, he,
4: w- he was blipped off?
2: Yes. He was blipped. He was one of the— okay. Both of them were blipped. Um Okay. And Interesting. the MCU has not really dealt with those characters to say, what is going on since you've gotten back? What, uh, what's changed about these characters since in an instant they were, they were gone, and then in an instant they were back, and it's five years later. You know, all of these mm-hmm. changes have happened to the world around them. Um, it's, I think it's really uh, a great way to show Nick Fury being different from what we've known him as, he's not as sure of himself. He's not as in command as he was. He looks beaten down. He looks, you know, like he's lost five, six, seven steps. Not even just physically, but also mentally. Um, he just looks old and and sad, right? Mm. And that's not something that we normally get from the MCU. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think that's well. I think that's a great plot to, to try to unspool to see who the the inner workings of this guy that put together this entire, everything that we love about and M- the Marvel Universe. Nick Fury put together. No, it's yeah. true. It's true.
4: They basically Loganed him, you
2: know. Yeah. Uh, with uh, yeah, with Wolverine. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Did you notice? Like, I got the feeling he's kind of letting people underestimate him to a certain degree right now. Like. For instance, when he went to talk to uh, Olivia Coleman's character, Sonia um, Falstaff, he, he let her think that he didn't know what was stolen in the heist, even though just the scene before, Maria had just told him that. So he definitely knew. So I'm wondering if, like, he's setting things up to, I don't know, playing the old man to uh, He's doing something. the Willy
4: Wonka, right? The Willy yeah. Wonka entrance? Yeah. Yeah, he's riding go. the cane and then he's going to do a front flip and I'll be fine. Yeah. Everybody will cheer. <laughs>
0: that's, that's, that's one of my low-key predictions. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> okay, okay. Specifically the front flip obviously, yeah. <laughs> okay,
4: okay. Samuel L. Jackson does a front flip. Uh, we haven't seen that since Mace Windu, have we?
0: Yeah,
4: it's, <laughs> it's been a while.
2: It's been a while. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I, I really enjoy his portrayal. I, I, I want to get to know, you know, why he felt it necessary to to stay away from Earth from for as long as he has. He hasn't set set foot down on planet Earth in the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, when she says, you know, you've changed from the since the blip, it makes sense to me. Yeah. I think I would have changed too.
0: Yeah, and how brutal was that final meeting between? Just knowing it was their final meeting between Fury and Maria before she <laughs> thinks he shot her, and she's. And she's like, um, she's being really hard on him, which probably is fair. You know, so he kind of abandoned her. Yeah. Um, but then he said, like, she, she talks about him coming back and he says, I owe it to Talos. And she said, are you sure you're not talking about somebody else? Who do you think she meant? Yeah. Do you have an idea, John?
2: I, I don't. don't know anything. Mm-hmm. So okay. don't. don't ask me. That, that, was <laughs> a, that was a question that I had when she said that. Like, Yeah. Who talking about. So I really don't know. Um. At is it, it Kalos'
4: wife? Is it uh I, I'm forgetting her name now. Soren. Soren. Uh no.
0: I don't think so, because she's dead now. Yeah. I right.
4: Re- but I mean, like it, it, is he saying, you know, I owe it to somebody else. Um I and th- it's it's to her.
0: I feel like that they were setting up a tease, it's gonna be explained later. because I, I I think it was too cryptic. Okay. I think so yeah.
2: when she first when she said it, the first you know thought I had was him being back on earth was Tony.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Like,
2: I owe it to Tony to, to come and to come down and, and fix this because he's not hmm. here.
0: Or Captain America on the moon.
2: Right. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of felt yeah. that that's the first thing that I felt was like, I think he's talking about maybe Tony Stark having passed away because that was, that's who would normally, you know, take over or, in these world-threatening you know, situations. So uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's the first thing that I thought about was he's, t- he's thinking about Tony in this moment. Like, what do I have to do in order to save this planet in the way that he did? So, but again, I, I'm not sure.
0: I was thinking about, like, maybe a secret, like, family member or friend that he was, like, a child or a friend he was helping or something that he abandoned and needed to come back and help.
2: I don't know. It's no. a good question. It's yeah. a good question. Hopefully we get the answer. So, like um, John so. said, this has been a failure.
0: Even if we don't get, quote, unquote, special guest star, Maria Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I flipped up, uh, flipped off the television Man. when they threw it, uh, that up because Man. it's her Bleeding out in the pavement, special guest star. I'm like, no, yeah,
2: come on, <laughs> no, come on. Just, can we talk about that?
0: Yeah, of course.
2: I mean, <laughs> we, I,
0: it, I, go ahead. If, if she, if she didn't die, I'm, I prefer that, but then it's kind of like a fridging, but or maybe it's like this sort of like the Groot death where like the original died, but we get a copy. So, um, but then it's kind of like, uh, I don't like the fake outs, but then otherwise, is it a fridging? Like, did she just die to motivate Nick?
2: Yeah, that's, that's my biggest problem with this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, is her death the thing that catapults him to being better? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. if that's the case, this is already a failure. Yeah. yeah,
4: I mean, the woman always dies trope is truly a, a plague on media. The Wheel of Time, I give it a lot of crap for adding yeah. in a wife for a certain character just to kill her off immediately. Right. And, uh, and just to motivate somebody to move his plot along more. Uh, I hate that. It's like my least favorite thing. To uh, it's, it's a lazy way to motivate a character. And I really hope that's not what they're doing here.
2: I yeah. pray Agreed. that it's not what they're doing here. Agreed. Yeah. I will go off on another rant similar to the amazing Spider-Man issue ha- 26 rant. I had to I think about
0: I had to think about your Kamala uh, yeah your Kamala Khan rant. Uh,
2: I mean it, it it does a disservice to a really great character. Um, uh-huh. and it just does a disservice to to you know storytelling if that's the case. Like, yeah. Yeah, so we we'll, you know, we could have we'll we could have
4: Ben Parker die. That's okay. You know, yeah. with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Ben Parker, ah, uh, he always like, does. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's, that's he's been dying since like 1965, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, he can, he can. Don't name your kids Ben Parker, people. He, he no,
4: <laughs> no, certainly not. Uh, anything else on Nick and Maria before we go on to another character?
0: Well, no, I no. think yeah, we have the my favorite scene stealer coming up next.
4: Okay, Sonia Fallsworth. Uh, yeah. Played by Olivia Coleman. What's your favorite scene stealer over here?
0: Well, yeah, she. I mean, she just like heard the energy that she brought in. Like, I, I'm going to need a lot of Sonia this this mm. entire series. Like, I'm going to need a significant chunk of her every episode because she was she was definitely my favorite thing about. I mean, other than I like the com- emotional complexity about Amelia Clark, but Olivia Coleman was just fun to watch. Uh,
4: Olivia Coleman's been busy. She was also on an episode of The Bear season two that just came out. Uh, Yeah, uh, not not too long, so you know it might have been a day shooting. But uh, she's also what in the Crown, right? She's leading that, right? She's well, she she, yeah,
0: in the previous iteration, yeah, right, right. She she was the middle queen, yeah, right. And so in this, in this, she's uh, she's an MI6 t uh, MI6, sorry, uh, the like Bond style secret agent, but she's more like the uh, M, you know. Uh, right. From Bond. Right. And she fun uh, MCU Easter egg. She's a descendant, probably, of James Montgomery Falls work, who was one of the Howling Commandos, uh, right. a guy called Union Jack. So, someone we saw in Captain America and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, uh, she's, she's not in the comics, though, right, Sean? No. No. But they tied her into some real.
2: But they the like you just said, she's a descendant of, of a of a comic book character. So yeah, definitely. And um yeah, I, I agree that her portrayal was was really cool, like this very dry, acerbic British, you know, sarcastic, <laughs> you know, like very cutting type of dialogue, which I always appreciate. Um so yeah, I I wanna see more of her. And I want to see mm-hmm. more of them together on screen. I think they had a, a, a very good chemistry for me personally.
0: Um, I have a question for you guys both about, so we saw Nick Fury put the camera on the owl eye and then saw them, you know, watch, watch a scene, watch a conversation with her later that gave them information. Do you think that later conversation was staged? Do you think she knew about the camera on the owl eye?
2: Hmm. I. I yes. I, I, okay. I think because she's 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 also a, a spy at the top of her game still. So I would think that she would once she knows Nick Fury, unless she's totally underestimating him, which is a possibility. But she would sweep her office, you know, for listening devices once she's had Nick Fury in there.
0: Right. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah. So I, I would say, why yes. would she trust him? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would she trust him unless, again, to your point that. You know, this old man, you know, broken down, you know, persona that he's given off, that she's totally bought into it, like I have, but I'm not a spy. So, I mean, yeah, I can buy into it. I I don't want her to buy into it. So, I would say, yes, that she knows (laughs) that, that he's listening in on the conversation. Okay. All right. She does seem like she knows what she's doing.
0: Yeah. 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 She's definitely competent. Um, I thought she was funny also when, uh, um, so yeah, she gives Nick a drink and he's like, well, I like bourbon. And she's like, well, you're getting bottom shelf pissed because I've not forgiven you for destroying my very expensive flat. He's like, you mean city.
2: <laughs> so
0: yeah, for anyone who doesn't understand that reference, it's, it's referring to Spider-Man far from home when Mysterio destroyed London. And actually yeah. it wasn't even really Fury. It was Talos pretending to be Pretend Fury. Pretending to be
2: Fury. All right. Yeah.
0: so Huh.
4: I, I had no wind. idea. And I did see Far From Home, but I didn't put all this together. So thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> There's a, a reference in here that I didn't pick up on, but it's in the outline here. So I'm bringing it in. Uh, the Paul Robson reference. Does someone want to explain oh. that one to me?
2: <laughs> Again, that, that British wit and song. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So see she called Fury out. It's like, yo, you in Moscow, you think you are Paul Robeson? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a, it's a great line because, you know, Nick Fury is definitely not Paul Robeson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He is not cut from that cloth. He is, you know, except from being a, a large black man walking through Moscow, they are totally different peoples, you know, and, and what they believed in. And, um, and what, how they viewed the world. Uh, so yeah, it was a a really cool line that she threw out there. And I, and I thought it was great because for me, when I heard it, that's the the first thing I thought about it was like, yeah, these two guys are so different. Um, and it's, you know, it's a nod to whoever wrote that line in, hopefully that they did it in a, in, in that way to, to show, to prompt people to understand that Nick Fury's, you know, for all the 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 things that he's done, he's very cut and dry. You know, right versus wrong, good versus evil. Um, he's a straight down the line type of bureaucratic guy. You know what I mean? He follows orders and. He,
4: but he's got an eye patch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, 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 I don't know, the eyepatch is telling me a different story
4: here.
0: I mean, but the eye patch is gone now, so yeah, different. Well, i no right. <laughs> just,
2: just the scars, just the scars yeah. remain to show So now he's
0: so. confused for a, a communist from post-World War II. Exactly, <laughs>
2: who, who left the United States of America because of racism, something that yeah. Nick Fury did not decidedly do. To to. Um, no, yeah, and, and Nick Fury isn't an government. artist
0: either. Right,
2: yeah. and he went to work for the government instead of fighting against it, so yeah. true. Um, Very
4: different character then.
2: Yeah, so I thought it was it was a really, again that dry, sarcastic um, little dig that I'm sure Nick Fury has heard before, you yeah. know, from black folk <laughs> in his life. Oh boy, like yeah, definitely. Like yo, you're not. You're, what are you? You what kind of guy mm-hmm. are you? Working for the government? Working for Shield? So I'm yeah.
4: It's almost I'm, an analog with the scrolls, right? With Talos. Working with the uh, You know government. what, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Is, Absolutely. He, is he, you know, who, who is he with, basically, is the question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's always that, that conversation of like, do you change things from the inside or do you change things through radical action? Can you change right. things from the outside? Does radical action only chase people away? You know, these right? ideas, these questions are always in tension. And right. yeah, I think this show is set up to explore that.
4: And right. And the scrolls have spent 35 years, right, on right? Trying to change it from the inside. Right. Did it work?
2: Yes. I don't know about that. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. We'll see.
0: Yeah. And what do you guys think that Talos is feeling now after, you know, he, at the end, we last saw him when uh, the Vasily scroll had just been killed. Talos did not want that to happen. And, and it was after this guy had just called Talos out for kind of being like a traitor to his people. And Nick Fury reaches out a hand to Talos. And Talus is like, I said no, and that's like their end of interaction for the episode. Where, where do you think? What do you think's going through Talus's hand, and where do you think, like, what do you think this is going to do to their relationship?
2: That's, you know, he has to be wondering if he's, if he's done the right. Mm-hmm. He's lost, especially his, with what his happens to his daughter. Yeah. Right. he's lost his daughter um, to this, you know, extremist from his point of view, an extremist, right? Um, mm-hmm. He's lost his People wife. Yeah. He's lost his planet. Um, and he has to be thinking, has, have I lost my way? Yeah. You know? Well, no one's above
4: doubt, even if they won't admit it, right? Right. I mean, everyone, unless you're like a complete narcissist and you just can't feel that, um, I think everyone is pretty much prone to doubting their choices. And that's healthy, right? Like, we, we can't, be confident in our choices until we question them. Right. Uh, and it could yeah. be that Talos is just going to question himself, come to the conclusion that he is on the right path and that there might be drawbacks, but this is, this is the path for him. Or he could be on the path towards something darker. What would be interesting to me is he goes towards Gravik, His daughter goes towards. Towards Fury. Yeah. Mm. yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's see his, it. name, I is his full
4: name. Nicholas furious. Is that how that works? <laughs>
2: Let's Fury. go with it. <laughs> it's Nick Fury, Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think um, he has to be questioning, you know, at this point. He has to be questioning. We've been on this planet 30, 35 years. I know they, they promised to help. Um, they've done everything that they, they could, or I assume they've done everything that, they've, that they could, and still we're stuck here. What am I going to yeah. do? Yeah. What's yeah, my role we'll- in that?
0: Do you think the bombing plot's going to work? That it's going to have their desired effects of starting a war between the U.S. and Russia?
2: No.
4: Mm. Yeah. I, I, how much influence do you think Fury has with the president? I think I think a decent amount, right? I think. I the, mean, the
0: president's trying to call him direct, pretty much. So yeah, yeah.
4: yeah so uh, I I think I think yeah I I think if anything happens, it would be on the Russian side. I guess the question is. Are they going to bring in real world politics of Russia and the U.S. not really talking that much and distrusting right. each other, or are they going to go with this sort of more fictionalized version of world politics and make it so that Fury can or maybe at least has contacts in the Russian government that can ease the tension, e- ease the the heat a little bit, right. uh, take take it off the right. burner for a little bit.
0: I'm I'm hoping that they'll bring in some Russian characters from the comic books. Like I wouldn't I would love to see like Red Guardian again or someone just someone to represent like the Russian side of this as well. So it's not so like one sided. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay. And uh, so the scroll submissions you have written here, Alicia. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So basically, okay. So we already decided Rhodey and the entire government, all scrolls.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no humans left in America, actually. It's all scrolls.
0: Are, are we suspecting anyone else? Like uh, Marie? Oh, no, not Maria. Oh. <laughs> How oh, Maria. did I possibly? <laughs> I lived in a world of denial for a second.
2: <laughs> oh, my you God. Did. You did. Oh, my God. Uh, um,
4: I'm, I'm not above thinking Fury, current Fury, is a scroll. I think, it, I really? think it could be. I think it could be. Uh, other than that, I could not tell you anymore because I am struggling what to about, keep up with this anyway.
0: <laughs> what about Sonia? Mm, Sonia Falsworth. Um,
2: I don't think so. No, I don't think. so. I
0: think so. it would be fun if she was, but kind of also fun if she's not. That would be interesting. But do you I don't think know. she
4: would have known? Because a scroll can tell another scroll, right? Generally.
0: Well.
2: No. Oh well, that is not, I'm not, wrong about not in on. Not if they're not in on the on the plot, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So hmm. yeah, you wouldn't know by looking at, at, at a scroll unless they have some, you know, pheromones that we're not um privy to, which is I was gonna say, because wouldn't I'll she have, have, have known that. that
4: it was a scroll fury and hill in far from home? But I guess yeah. not. I guess uh I guess I'll not. do some
2: background on that I'll, I'll check on that. I mean, yeah. Listen, I'm just saying
4: stuff. You you don't take anything I say. If you're out there, if you're out there, (laughs) these two know what they're talking about. I I like that question. I'm I'm here for the
2: day. I'm here for the day. I'm a temp here. like that question. I like that question.
0: (laughs) But I mean, but aren't there in the comics also like sleeper scrolls who don't even know they themselves
2: are scrolls? They themselves are scrolls, yes.
0: Yeah. So it's possible that like someone could be a scroll and just not even themselves realize it until they're activated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Okay. All right. So speaking of comics, Jean, you have a comics corner that I guess you're going to regularly do here. Do you want to discuss some of the things that you wanted to pull out of the comics?
2: Yeah. So the first thing that we we, we want to really say is that this is really different from the first Secret Invasion um, story that was told in 2008. Um, that first story was really a, a full-on superhero, you know, replacement story like they replaced members of the superhero and supervillain community um which led to a, a cataclysmic clash between scroll heroes and imposters right um so were they
4: able to mimic the powers in that they were okay so they've changed degree. the lore since
2: no it because always super it had to yeah. be oh we oh, they were super
4: scrolls here they
2: were engineered to gotcha. take on the powers of specific, um, okay. characters. So not all scrolls were able to do that. They had the foot soldiers, you know, who were just, you know, regular zip, zip, bang, bang type of stuff. And they had the superheroes, um, replacements. Um, interestingly enough, Maria Hill was replaced by us Sk- in that first story. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so.
0: But I think they, didn't they do that? They did that with having Soren play her. I'm, I'm voting LMD. LMD. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I, I think um, the overarching story is the same. You know, this alien race looking for a home world, but it's told in a, in a much more um, different way. They had been planning this takeover for years. Um, they had taken over um, Compromise, heroes. In stories going back, at least this story happened in 2008. You want to say at least, you know, four or five years prior. Um, At some point, a hero had been replaced by a scroll and living as that hero up until the secret invasion story um, broke. Um, So, in that way, they're similar, but I just want people to understand that I don't think you're going to have that bang, zip, pow moment that you know we normally get from comic book um stories
4: so the mm. you know people have been talking about is this the end or of the mcu the end or oh. was a slow burn too i think that was although it had its its sparkle moments do you think it's doing that do you think that they're that's what they're we... going for and do you think that they're succeeding
0: we forbade uh, ourselves from saying that in the opening of the podcast. Really, <laughs> no comparison.
2: Well, I'm breaking the rule because I wasn't here. <laughs>
0: um, we knew you were a scroll. <laughs>
2: devious, i tell you. Um, I don't think it's a slow burn because this is not a story that's new. Okay. Like this is a continuation of a story arc. Okay. This is not something totally. Um, foreign to the MCU proper as a whole, right? This is a story thread that needed to be cleared up, uh, that should have been cleared up. And I think that's what they're doing with this um, series. So I don't think it's going to be a slow burn in the way that Andor was. I think it's going to be, we're going to get the answers that we want to get, I hope, within the next few episodes. And how it ends might be, where we get the surprises. Yeah, okay. well, it's
0: half, the, it's half the length. So, But I do think like yeah. this first episode was laying a lot of exposition groundwork. Um, and so I, I, I would expect this first episode maybe is the slowest of the season just because like, first episodes often are.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. And um, the second thing is, Marvel did a, a Secret Invasion 2 story um, this year, which hmm. played much more to what this series seems like okay it, it was a uh, small cast of characters tony stark Rhodey, um nick fury maria hill um and the Skrulls, with the same you know goals Skrulls wanted to take over um and they had taken over prominent roles in world um governments and corporations. um they had Skrulls take over human beings um and posing as those characters, as those and making decisions to lead up to this Secret Invasion two storyline, so this plays much more to that story than it does to the first. one.
4: Interesting, interesting. It's it's interesting to me when because I think they did Civil War one and two as well, right? So Marvel yes. will mm-hmm. revisit these In
0: Secret Wars yeah. comic yes. books. Yes. Yeah,
4: yeah they'll revisit these sort of major premises and do them in different ways. And I think that that opens up a lot of opportunities for people to be very welcoming of new approaches in the MCU.
2: Yes, definitely. Definitely. And um, again, it, it, it's just a very, um, like this second, the second one, when I read it, as I was reading it, knowing that Secret Invasion 2 was coming to the screen, I was like, okay, this is much more in tune with what they're probably going to do in the TV show, right?
3: Hmm, right? So I
2: threw out everything that I thought about from Secret Invasion and really just thought about it in the storytelling in the way that they were telling this second story, um, the second part of, of the Secret Invasion.
0: The character seems almost the same, right? Almost, sans Tony. Right.
2: Right, no Tony Stark. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I'm not gonna spoil the <laughs> The comic, mm-hmm. um, because that could, I think that could give us real hints of, as to where the TV show could be going.
0: But it'll be interesting to compare notes
2: as as the story as unfolds. we go along. Yes, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely we'll do that.
0: Yeah. Now, um, do you think Val could show up? Uh, she and Fury kind of had like a thing in the comics, right? Do you think uh, we know we're going to get some backstory with Fury's ex-wife or his late wife? I guess. Um, do you think Val could show up to comfort him?
2: What if she's a scroll?
0: Exactly. What if I, and she's the one putting together like the the thunderbolts? So exactly. that could be an interesting dynamic. Yeah.
2: Exactly. What if she's a scroll? Yeah. I think that would be a, a cool uh, a cool drop if that were to happen. You know. So maybe we get Val. Um, I'm not sure if we get if we get that. Um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I'm
0: thinking we gotta see what happened. There's gotta be a conclusion where we find out what happened to the real Ross. So
2: yeah, maybe definitely. Val
0: will be involved in that.
2: Maybe yeah. with with that, and and they'll be able to to tie those loose ends up. But we have five episodes to go, and um, I'm interested in in, in finding out where where it's leading. So yeah, yeah, I'm here for this.
0: So an Easter egg someone pointed out to me uh, in the comics vein is that the, uh, one of the people that we see like in the Warriors room at New Skrullos is a character named Kriega, who was actually it's – a, it's a female in this show, but it was a male Super scroll in the comics. Yes. So I'm wondering if uh, – If they have Super yeah, scrolls. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like, – I feel like the show is grounded and they're not going to go that direction, but I don't know. They, they put that Easter egg there.
2: Yeah, I- I think um, I don't know. That would be cool if they did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm here. You know, I, I don't want I don't want to no. not have those those. Um, no, exactly. You know, fantastic spots, uh, and I think it would be cool to see it. But I just don't think that that's what they're going. That's what they're trying no. to do with this story.
0: It doesn't um, feel like it's going that direction. But who knows? Like I yeah. didn't think Wanda Vision was going to end with a typical. Yeah, fight, you're right. and then it did. You're right. Yeah. And
2: it did. So yeah, we we'll, we'll see. Let's see, maybe we will get a Super Scroll.
0: Cool. I was just going to ask, John, what are your hopes for the rest of this show as a more casual fan?
4: That they don't lose me in details of things okay. yeah. that have been coming up in different movies and TV shows. I haven't watched Loki. I haven't basically <laughs> watched any of the, the shows on Disney+. Plus. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, they, they really do have to onboard me. And I'm hoping it's sort of a tight mystery that I can follow from beginning to end without getting lost. Um, right. I did think that this episode was a little slow, but you need to set up episodes, so I'm willing to give that a pass and, and get on to the next episode. I just hope that it sort of picks up as we go along now.
2: Right. And I think they did a great job in the first episode. It being so slow was to tell story, um, mm-hmm. to give people background and to get people you know, up to speed on where they're going and what they're doing. So hopefully this next episode picks up the pace of
0: yeah. They established the players, the stakes yeah. now. Yeah. Now let's establish where the story's going. Yeah. 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 So we'll we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah. Cool. And whatever I'm rooting for Gaia.
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wherever she ends up, or maybe we won't. Maybe it'll be like Dedra and Andor where we're like, yeah, you go. Oh no, not like that. <laughs> oh
2: no. <laughs> I'm rooting for graphic. How about that? We'll see. <laughs> All right, so
4: I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks for that comic background from both of you. Uh, Let's get into our outro. We've got a Patreon, and uh, it's a a lovely place. We post a lot of things there. We try to give a lot of benefits, including uh, for our one-year anniversary, we're going to be doing an exclusive sticker that you can only get if you're a patron by the end of the month of July. Uh, And it is an Elvish sticker saying uh, one year of history in Elvish uh, from the Tolkien universe and it will be available. Uh, It'll be shipped to you if you have your mailing address with us on the Patreon, so definitely check that if you don't. Uh, And otherwise, we'll send you a digital copy if you just want that. But we'd like to give a shout-out to our top patrons, our lore masters, every single month, and those are Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC, Peter O. H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M, Lavinia T, Duve 71 Brian8063, Frederick H, Sarah L, Gareth C, Eric F, Matthew M, Sarah M, DJ Miwa, Joyce E, and Andra B. Boy, oh boy, that list is getting long, and we are grateful for each and every one of you and for all our patrons. Absolutely. Uh, programming notes. Alicia, you've got a podcast. You're a network affiliate. You're, uh, you're, you're one of the, the lore houndish podcasts over here uh can you tell (laughs) us about your podcast
0: yeah so it's called wool shift dust a silo tv podcast and as it says on the tin it is about the tv show silo on apple tv plus the um dystopic sci-fi thriller it's you've probably heard about it from someone if you're into sci-fi because it's been definitely picking up a lot of word of mouth steam it's based on my favorite series of books So I talk about it from the book angle. Uh, My friend who's a political historian uh, hasn't read the books and brings in the fresh perspective and we go into some detailed breakdowns uh, comparing with the books and uh, all of the little moments you might have missed and clues when you pause screens and all that fun stuff.
4: Cool, yeah, I'm loving that podcast. If you are here great. for a two-hour MCU podcast, you'll probably like that as well. And uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's one of our. It's similar to our classic lorehound stuff when we were doing uh, uh, Andor and the White Lotus, where we were getting up to like two hours. I see you guys in yeah. that two-hour thirty-minute mark. And yeah, last
0: uh, one was a long one.
4: Yeah, no, but it's great. It's all. It's really it detailed. Why, yeah. It's a great uh, dive into the lore. It's a great comparison between a book reader and a non-book reader. So I please. Encourage people to uh, check that out. The link is in the show notes if you want to go listen.
0: Yeah, winding up to the finale. Going to have some uh, special episodes coming up after that, too.
4: Awesome. Very cool. Excited to see more. Uh, Speaking of more, we just dropped an episode of Silmarillion Stories. You can get that on our main feed and in our Patreon. Uh, That has Maester Anthony uh, from the Properly Howard and the Electric Bookaloo podcast. We talked about a and the Unchaining of Melkor uh, later this week, we're going to have uh, a- another episode of the Earth Sea Cycle, and we are going to be reading that with Marilyn Arpukila, our favorite Tolkien scholar. Uh, if you want early access to that, it should be already out later today, the same day this drops uh, on the Patreon. Otherwise, you will have to wait for the public feed episode. But that's exciting stuff. Uh, next month, we have even more coming like more Secret Invasion. We've got another Star Wars Film Fest episode. We've got live watches and more. So thanks for listening to us, and we will see you on the next episode.
2: Thanks, guys.
4: The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by the Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash the Lorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities.